Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Rock Squad Podcast, your destination for the latest rock music news, reviews, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Nick Chino. I'm joined by my co-host and bandmate, Dave Marini. What's up, Dave? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Before we get started today, make sure you drop down to the bottom of this video. You like the subscribe button. You like the, the like button. You add a little comment if you have something to say about what we're talking about. If you want to reach me, Red Coast Records on Instagram, Red Coast Records on Facebook. Nick, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, just kind of hanging out here. I uh, Like I was saying, I had a hard day of shipping out uh, tote bags <laughs> today uh, at my job, uh, doing doing mostly marketing, but also shipping out tote, tote bags. So it was fun. The grind, man. The grind, the grind. man. Sweaty. That damn, that damn record business. You know? I know. The record business, you know, it's not just uh, glamorous uh, hang, hanging out with rock stars, which I never get to do. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of just hard work. You know how it goes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, sure. people go people go on the channel right now we got some stuff that they can check out have you heard well, any of the new wallflowers record are you a wallflowers fan we talked about i, I do like the wallflowers i uh, checked out i checked out the new single and a couple other songs and then i listened to three hours of jacob dylan on joe rogan the other day. nice oh yeah was that a good interview it was actually a really good interview i didn't i i don't think i've ever heard him interviewed before so yeah. it was uh interesting to just have him you know like joe asked some pretty standard like what's it like Having your dad being famous. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, actually, he says it. He goes, uh, you know, what, he's like, when you were growing up, like uh, dealing with a father at the level that your father was at. Yeah. Um, did, did your father's, you know, did that ever affect your day to day growing up? And he takes a minute to answer because he's probably answered it a million times. And uh, and then Joe Rogan thinks he's like lost. And he's like, Bob Dylan, your father. <laughs> and Jacob Hill's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I've heard of it before. Yeah, he pretty much said, though, that um, growing up, um, kids and like friends and stuff didn't really care at all, but it was like their parents. Yeah. That were like, who's, who's son? You know, like, (laughs) so yeah, it was a really good interview, though. Really good. Yeah. uh, No, he's, he's really interesting. And like, this is the first Wallflowers record in almost 10 years. Um, and it's cool. Uh, you know, we're both big fans of the band. Uh, I know there's a, there's a very big Bob Dylan influence on him as well, but we're big fans of the sure. band who also played with Bob Dylan. Sure, uh, but sure. there's, I feel like there's a very strong band vibe on that. It's very lush. It's got lots of organs and pianos, very lush. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, produced by Butch Walker, right? You're a big Butch yeah. Walker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love Butch yeah. Walker, man. I know he's, uh, I think, I think we talked about that already on the podcast about how, uh, I really like that he did the, the last Green Day record. Yeah. It's got mixed, mixed reviews. How did did you like the last Green Day record? Uh, it was okay. I didn't like it oh, as yeah? much as uh, as the other as some of their past stuff, but it was not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. It was so like it was such a branch off from the old stuff. Yeah. Um, so, but I think that he's one of those guys. He's like one of those guys that had his moment a while ago, and now he's just been really perfecting the craft of making records. Yeah. And uh, I think anybody who follows him knows that he's he's a pretty dedicated producer and. Uh, if if you're into pop rock and you're into all that stuff, he's a great songwriter too. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited to check out the rest of the uh, rest of the album. It definitely has like a bandy, folky kind of thing, which they've always kind of done, but they're always kind of like one side of rock or one side of folk. So, yeah, uh, yeah it sounds cool, man. I'm I'm excited to check it out. Check it all out. Yeah, for sure. And there's some big releases out this Friday as well. There's a new John Mayer record uh, coming out called Sob Rock. Uh, and there's a new record from Waves, which were one of my favorite California cool. stoner rock bands, which is called uh, Hideaway is what's called. But uh, cool. I'm actually, I know John Mayer 
he, he may get some flack from people for, I don't know, the, the, the amount of women that he's slept with and maybe people aren't fans of his music, but I think John Mayer's don't a fantastic, I know we he, well, he's got, you know, he's got a fantastic record with, uh, with, uh, with relationships, but also I think he's a fantastic guitar player and musician uh, and John Mayer stuff over the last, you know, three or four records he's put out. I've always liked the stuff he's, uh, he's released. It's definitely one of those, the dirty little secrets, you know, no one yeah. wants to be like, oh yeah, I'm a fan of John Mayer, but yeah. he's a stellar guitar for a slow hand blues guitar, man. I, I don't want to say that he's up there with Clapton, <laughs> but he's, he's up there, bro. Like, yeah. and anyone who plays guitar and watches him play guitar will attest the exact same thing. And I think probably like, I, like I got into him. This is funny too. Like I never even knew that he was like an adult contemporary artist. Yeah. Because I got into him by watching the Crossroads festivals. Right. So, yeah. like, I got into him watching him play with, like, B.B. King and, like, Buddy Guy and stuff. <laughs> so then when I, when people are like, ooh, John Mayer, I'm like, I, I had no idea that I was, like, late to the game, that it's, like, all he <laughs> sings all these sappy songs. Yeah. This I'm isn't your body as really a wonderland? Cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I just thought he played in a cool three-piece that was, like, really bluesy and jammed with legends. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. this, this guy's got, you know. Yeah. not what it takes but uh, sure. yeah I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan I'm a closet fan don't tell anybody yeah no me too we, we are both John Mayer fans and I'm looking forward to this new record I'm uh, I'm gonna look I'm gonna do a rock album review, review for that but also um, Waves are one of my favorite bands from cool. California and one of my favorite yeah. indie bands ever right now because I've enjoyed all their records uh, Nathan Williams the lead singer of Waves they're a really hard working band too they have their Ghost mm-hmm. Ramp label um, so they sure. put out lots of music on their label. They put out their own stuff. It's been a while. Their last record, You're Welcome, came out in 2017. But that was a great record. Uh, and this one's cool. It sounds a, a little bit more subdued than their past material, but Ooh. still solid stoner rock. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Gotta love it. Yeah, so we'll be putting that up on the channel this Friday as well. So keep an eye out for that rock album review. But let's get to our opening act topics on this week's sure. Rock Squad podcast. Uh, some uh, opening act topics uh, discussing the latest topics in the world of rock music news and the first one is record store day 2021 round two is happening this saturday at record stores across the nation across the world dave this is happening everywhere the second record store day of the year the first one was on june the 12th and we just spoke about that on the podcast as well but there are going to be more exclusive records dave fresh vinyl for uh for diehard vinyl lovers there to uh go line up for on um on saturday but i wanted to highlight some key releases that are kind of of interest to us and the bands that we really like um big wreck is putting out an exclusive translucent lp called bag of tricks i don't know this isn't their new album i don't think but maybe it's a b-sides compilation or some sort of rarities compilation um that's going to be cool bush is putting out sea of memories the 10th anniversary edition uh, that's a really good record from Bush. Uh, Matt Bellamy of Muse is putting out an exclusive solo record, I believe. I could be wrong on that. Yep. Uh, it's called Cryo Sleep. So that's cool. And then uh, Rolling Stones. What else would it be called? What yeah. else would it be called? <laughs> Cryo Sleep. Uh, and then the, the Stones are putting out a Hot Rocks 50th anniversary uh, release as well. Those are just some highlights. Cool. Did any of those stand out to you? Uh, the Matthew Bellamy, like, you know, I'm a huge Muse fan. So I'm sure uh, that'll be interesting check out like how how operatic he goes and what's the you know like what is everything in falsetto now like what's the difference from the like i i'm pretty sure he's pretty hands-on with the band anyways so yeah like i'm not sure like what's happening now that like he couldn't be doing in news but you know it's probably going to be acoustic i'm guessing or like yeah. more you know more natural but uh yeah i'm i'm, I'm stoked for all those releases man i think that it's awesome that uh 
so many of our so many of the bands that we enjoy are constantly putting out new music so that's but yeah the Matthew Bellamy one is definitely on my on my top sorry <laughs> sorry I didn't hear the last thing like are you still coming through yeah yeah, yeah. Hello. okay sorry we'll sorry. cut there and I'll come yeah, back. yeah I'll do it again I definitely think that Matthew Bellamy's one is worth checking out it's definitely on the top of my list Right on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to that big rec one. I don't know. Again, as usual with um, with Record Store Day, I'm not sure if I'm going to line up with the rest of uh, the vinyl lovers to get these yeah. titles um, because I think uh, the Record Store Day stuff, even though I love people buying music, can be a little bit more about, I want to get this color version of this record and this yeah, color yeah. version and this exclusive. And I know all about that because I collect uh a lot of funko pops and collectibles and records so i totally get that but it's a little bit a little bit more about the plastic overkill yeah yeah, than the music itself but we can't really argue because we want people to go out there and buy music (laughs) as musicians ourselves we're like please support if you love an artist support the artist buy the record in any way that you can streaming is fine that's a good way to do it but if you really like a record that my my rule of thumb is uh, if you like a record on streaming or whatever, then just buy it, pick it up on vinyl, pick it up on CD. I'm still a CD guy, as you can see over here. Um, I wish there was more CDs. I feel like in 20 years, instead of record store day, it's going to be CD, be CD store day, day because, CD day. Yeah. Yeah, because eventually I feel like nostalgia is going to, uh, is going to kick in for CDs at some point, like it, it has for vinyl. Sure. Um, so I feel like there will be a point where people, I want to get an exclusive CD copy of the new fool's union album, you know, which is us, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, um, the new big wreck, that's, uh, that's the one with, does that include the single with Chad Kroger? I don't know. Uh, you know, I should have probably looked at it. I thought that was like, I thought that was going to, I thought that was going to be on like the next release. That's what I thought too. Yeah. That, um, that song actually fell into a few playlists that I listened to. Okay. And, uh, I'm actually into it now. I'm not a Chad Kruger fan by any, uh, or Kroger fan by any means, but uh, I, I actually dig the song. It's pretty hooky, pretty catchy. So yeah. I'm going to give that to Ian Thornley. Ian Thornley, Thornley's amazing. Uh, according Absolutely. to exclaim.ca, Big Rec, the, uh, the Bag of Tricks EP is, uh, is an exclusive thing that's coming out for, or it was already released, but this is an exclusive vinyl version that's coming out for Record Story. Oh, okay. It mostly includes live versions. It's got the Oaf, uh, so far, so good. Albatross, Glass Room, which is a great track. All is Fair, Control, another great one, and uh, Good Times Roll. So it looks like it might be a mix of live stuff and some some rarities. Still though, really cool. Anything with Big Rack. I follow Ian Thornley on Instagram, and yeah. he's always playing guitar on there. And uh, awesome. I have no idea how he does it because that looks like magic to me. But he's amazing. I, I'm always impressed by Big Rack too because I don't think I've ever seen them with the same lineup. Yeah. Like every time I've seen the band, like I, I remember I, I saw Big Rock early on in their career when like their first record came out with yeah. the original guys. And then obviously the Thornley run after that kind of changed up. And then they didn't really reform Big Rec. They just started playing shows as Big Rec with the guys from Thornley. Right. And then all of those guys have since like, like moved on. Um, and then I've noticed now that the drummer from Thornley is actually back in Big Rec. Mm-hmm. And the only other member that was in Big Re- or in Thornley from before is the bass player. So really, it's it's Thornley again with another guitar player. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they keep it, keep track of it, but they're yeah. always amazing. And everyone they have playing with them is always stellar. So yeah, um, for sure. yeah, I can't wait. I hope. I are they on that Saints and Sinners tour? 
I think so. Or did they drop out of that? So, one? Yeah, it's. I think it's like then the headstones and uh, moist and tea party maybe. Yeah, but uh, yeah, definitely if they're coming to town, uh, Ian Thornley is a good watch for sure. For sure, and uh, go pick up the record on Record Store Day. Uh, but that leads into our next topic, which is also Record Store Day related. I didn't list this on the highlights because I wanted to talk about it on its own. But this is a record I might consider lining up for, and that is the Foo Fighters' BG's cover EP uh, as the DG's called Hail Satin, which is coming out on Saturday as well. They just released uh, their cover of You Should Be Dancing, which is a classic Bee Gees song. Uh, and it's great. I, I really enjoyed it. And it's so funny uh, to see Dave Grohl doing his, you know, his, uh, <laughs> he's doing his Bee Gees voices. It's hilarious. Yeah, and as we know with the Foo Fighters, they, uh, they, they've never taken themselves too seriously as we've seen in their past videos. They always uh, do things with a little bit of a, a tongue in cheek kind of vibe. So it's very much the case with the, uh, with the DGs and I, I, yeah, I just really, uh, really enjoy the song. And I'm, I, I don't think I'll line up for record store day. I'm hoping it gets released in some other form, uh, because I would hate to be disappointed if I, if, you know, I lined up with everybody else and didn't get it on, on Saturday, yeah. that would just be devastating. But I do very much enjoy this, uh, disco stuff from the DGs. Yeah. I really liked it. I checked out the, the live video or whatever they posted up of it. It's super fun. Yeah. it's you know what are these guys supposed to fucking do like they they're on like their ninth tenth eleventh album yeah it just like whatever you want to do man you want to do it it's like when weezer did the cover album you know like are we really gonna balk that we got a whole album worth of cover songs from like people are like i hate it then no one listen to it yeah and like blue, the blue album's still there it doesn't mm -hmm. take away from anything they've done you can still it's listen to blue playful, and teal right exactly so yeah no i really dig it i think it's a really cool song uh, to cover and i'm not sure is it all bg songs or is it yeah i think so it's not all BG songs yeah <laughs> they're like doubling down eh? i love it yeah that's yeah. awesome I'm, it's gonna uh, be cool yeah it. yeah but i'm hoping it, 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 it might stream on spotify hopefully because i would like to listen to it in that that capacity as well um yeah, maybe sure. put out a cd version for your buddy nick foo fighters so i can yeah, add it to the tower yeah add it to the to the to the rack here i already got my food where are the foo fighters records there Right here, right through here. That's all Foo Fighters, so there you go. All right, let's get to our next opening act topic on the Rock Squad podcast, and that is Jimmy Eat World's new 555 graphic novel. Uh, they just did an exclusive article with Consequence of Sound where they uh, revealed some panels from this new comic book that's based on the, uh, the music video for their song 555, which came from the last uh, record called Surviving which came out at the tail end of 2019. Uh, so in that video, uh, Jim uh, Adkins from Jimmy E. World is dressed up uh, in this very sci-fi fantasy garb. He's got like this white wig on. He looks like a guy who just got struck by lightning and it's a very sci-fi video. So they're taking that concept cool. and they're working with a company called Z2 Comics to make this, uh, this graphic novel. So I think this is a really cool way for them to uh, expand their brand as a band, you know, because you don't want to just be a band. You can also have a graphic novel. I was thinking about Coheed and Cambria, yeah. uh, where every record is based on, where most of the records are based on this uh, this continuing story that also crosses over into visual media, like graphic novels and comic books and that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm thinking this is pretty cool. I might have to read a Jimmy Eat World graphic novel of all things. Dude, that video was really cool. And they really like went out on a limb a little bit. It was a lot different than anything they had done before. Yeah. And uh, the, the vibe of that song 
is unbelievable. Like it's so it's that to that me song. that was that was the standout of that record. Like they really like it. Like the rest of it was good and it was a Jimmy Eatwell record, but like that song in particular, like really kind of just like raised the level of like oh these guys are are an amazing pop band and they don't have to write Jimmy Eat World sounding songs. Right. Right. And I hope I'm hoping that that's what leads like what this leads to is more like experimental Jimmy Eat World, because as much as I love Jimmy Eat World, they definitely put out Jimmy Eat World records. Mm-hmm. And from someone who's loved the band for 20 years, um, it's nice to see them branch out, just like I mentioned about Green Day. Um, it's nice when you see bands you've watched their entire career kind of go, but we can do this, too. Like, is, does this work for you? Right. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And yeah, it's a natural extension of what they're doing. They're able to tie it in with their music, which is the same way that Coheed and Cambria do it. So um, personally, I don't know, you know, we both write songs. So (laughs) I don't know, it might be, would it be fun to try and write some sort of epic rock opera that has this, uh, you know, this through line of a storyline going through it? Do you think we could do that? I just don't think we could do that. I think I think we could do that, but I think we have a hard enough time just getting songs out as it is. So I think maybe yeah. you know, let's get let's get more songs out, and then we can start redefining on what is what is a band in twenty twenty one. I disagree. I think we should scrap everything that we've done and start All anew with a, with a, this new graphic novel thing. Uh, you know, we'll base it on something, but uh, we'll use our imaginations and just rip off, or not use our imaginations and just rip off other movies and TV shows. Sure. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> Everything's recycled. Everything. Of course. All right. Those are our opening act topics for this week's Rock Squad podcast, but let's get to the headliner. And this one's a good one because we're talking about my boys in Oasis. Uh, they've announced the Nebworth documentary to celebrate, uh, what is it, the 25th anniversary of their legendary gig at Nebworth in England in the summer of 1996. They're releasing a new feature-length documentary about the show. Uh, it's going to feature never-before-seen footage that they shot uh, on the day. There's actually not a hell of a lot of Nebworth uh, you know, footage out there right now. So this is produced by both Gallagher brothers. I'm sure they didn't actually speak to each other uh, <laughs> during the process of making this documentary, but it's going to be released uh, worldwide in theaters on September the 23rd. I believe there might be a live album attached to it as well. So you know that I'm cool. going to be picking up that because obviously the boys are on the wall here. I got the Gallagher brother. Oh, they're here, here and everywhere. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited for this documentary, not just because Oasis is my favorite band because um, it's their reputation here in North America because everybody in England knows how big Oasis was back in the nineties. And uh, I was an Oasis fan in 1996. That's when I became an Oasis fan, obviously living here in Canada. I couldn't have gone to see them at Nebworth in 1996. I didn't see them until the year 2000 when they had already switched over to their new lineup. So, but uh, the thing is, is like you look at Nebworth, there were 250,000 people to see them at Nebworth uh, that summer. And I think they said that, over a million people tried to get tickets to the show. But you think about it, 250,000 people. And Oasis, they do have their fans over here. That, you know, When they were still a band and when the guys come and do their solo stuff, they're still able to sell out uh, you know, theaters and arenas and that kind of thing. But I don't think anybody in North America really understood the impact that Oasis had uh, musically and culturally in England uh, around that time. Um, they still are one of the best bands of all time, if not, you know, yeah, like the, the 90s and all time, uh, in my opinion. And I feel like now they will finally get the credit that they deserve. Uh, yeah, man, I love uh, Oasis. And I think it's great that yeah, they're doing a documentary about that show. Nobody really truly understands how epic that band was in Europe. 
And um, is that, so 96, is that going into their third record? Uh, it was in between. It was just after Morning Glory. Morning uh, Glory came out in October of 95. Okay. Uh, so they, that was their biggest record. So, you know, we're talking Wonderwall and Champagne yeah, Supernova yeah. and Don't Look Back in Anger. Uh, that right in the heat of that. So, and, and then their follow-up came out in 97, but they I think they played a couple wow. of songs too. Yeah. That's, that's crazy for a band to have that much traction over just like one, one offering is just, yeah. it's unheard of. And to think that there were a million people trying to buy tickets to that show, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, how do you even, you know, that's awesome. But yeah, they, they, um, you know, the footage from that's probably going to be amazing. Um, I just watched that documentary Summer of Soul. We talked about it last yeah. week. And uh, it was amazing to see some of the footage from that. So I would I can't wait to see the footage from the new Oasis stuff. You know, obviously an influential band for you and for me. Um, yeah, I, I you know, we've we've both seen Oasis a bunch of times and it's it's they're just one of those great songwriting bands that never disappoint unless they mean to disappoint. And that <laughs> happens every once in a while. Yeah, but, unless Liam walks um, off. Yeah, was it was there not a documentary done by about a big show that they had done? Was it Slain Castle or something like a couple uh, of years ago? Well, they did a documentary called uh, Supersonic, which was which was That's about right. um, just kind of their rise to fame with definitely maybe in Morning Glory. It only covered, I think, it only went up to Nebworth. Uh, oh, well, in terms of the story that it covered, but that's crazy because when you think about it, Oasis went from obscurity to two, you know, playing to two hundred fifty thousand people in the span of less than three years uh yeah. they were they were jamming in their their rehearsal room at the boardwalk in manchester in 1993 uh nobody knew who they were and then <laughs> they get signed and then literally but three years later they are yeah. the biggest band on the planet and That's uh you know in north north america they got such a bad rap because i remember uh, in 96 as well they came to the u.s and they did the mtv music awards and Liam was uh, a little bit inebriated and the performance that they did of Champagne Supernova on the show was a little bit lackluster to, to say the least. And I think that was a little bit of the nail in the coffin for, uh, for Oasis in North America. The thing is whenever, to, whenever they came to Toronto, like when we would go to see them, like Toronto loves Oasis, they would sell out every time. No problem. Um, yeah. But I think especially in the U S there's a little bit of a perception about them, obviously, because they did it themselves being the Gallagher brothers and their reputation for uh, fighting and, and breaking up all the time, yeah, um, yeah. you know, but they don't understand the music. Like Oasis is the reason why I play music. If Noel Gallagher didn't pick up an acoustic guitar and write songs, I wouldn't have picked up an acoustic guitar to write songs. So, uh, and to me, they made songwriting really um, attainable because Noel was very much the kind of songwriter who would write a song, sit down on a, you know, they would do a full rock version with Oasis, but then sit down on a a stool with an acoustic guitar and just sing the song bare bones and it would still hold up. And, you know, he wouldn't do anything fancy. He was a great lead guitarist, but when he sat down with his guitar, he was just playing chords like everybody else. So when you learned how to play Wonderwall or live forever or something like that, it seemed attainable and it seemed attainable for me. It was, it was something that made me feel like music was something that could be achieved. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And like, I can't even tell you, like I spent, I spent probably 95 and 96 sitting in basements listening to Hole's record and uh, Nirvana unplugged Mm -hmm. and uh, Oasis and like, yeah, man, like it's one of those, you know, campfire songs and we're, we're huge advocates of like, if if you can play it at the campfire, it'll probably, and it works at the campfire or sitting Mm -hmm. on your couch. 
it'll probably work with a full band. So yeah, totally. Yeah, with that kind of hugely influential man, like when Wonderwall came out, like all that stuff, and even even the the brotherly like the back and forth with the Gallagher's and the, mm-hmm. like it all just added to everything. You know what I mean? It was it was exactly it was, you know, Brian Jones and the Stones had the same thing. Like there's always that like if you have a little bit of animosity between somebody. You can really push the push the buttons and people love to eat it up. And I think in culture today, um, it's just like just so overblown with that. You know, could you imagine the Gallagher's today? Like, you know what I mean? Even with like guys like Conor McGregor and stuff mm-hmm. and like like these these loudmouth European guys, like it, it, to put Noel and Liam back and forth on a Twitter war in their in their prime would be un- unbelievable. Be but I'm excited for the documentary, man. I love catching up on old footage and seeing things that, you know, were left on the shelf or, you know, and it's probably going to sound amazing too. So yeah. we'll pop some popcorn and we'll uh, give it a, give it a go. Yeah. It's going to sound incredible. Nebworth, they played all the hits. So, you know, the set list oh, is yeah. going to be good as well. So. All they had. Yeah. All they had was the hits. Yeah. They had two know? records at the time and a handful of B-sides. So, um, yeah. It's going to be coming out on September 23rd. So yeah, if it's coming out in movie theaters, I'm totally down to, uh, to go check that out on the big screen. But uh, yeah, that is our headliner topic for this week's Rock Squad podcast. We're going to wrap up the show. But before we do, talk about our tracks of the week. Uh, Dave, we are both big fans of Gary Clark Jr. Love uh, that is my uh, track of the week, a song called What About Us uh, that I first heard. Have you seen on YouTube? He did a Tiny Desk concert for uh for NPR yeah, yeah. it was fantastic and that was one of the yeah. songs that he played so I, I um bought the single on uh, on iTunes and it was love that song what about us Gary Clark Jr incredible uh, guitar player and songwriter uh from Texas I believe yeah um so yeah he's he's fantastic so that's my track of the week well I'm going in that vein for uh fantastic black guitar players I'm gonna pick Ben Harper and the song Burn One Down. I, oh, nice. We didn't even talk before this. I didn't know you were going with a Gary Clark, but uh, yeah, yeah, Gary Clark's amazing. Ben Harper's amazing. And I've been in a big uh, Ben Harper kind of hippie, hippie mode at my place. So yeah. Ben Harper, Burn One Down. It's summertime. There's djembe. There's acoustic guitar. Yeah. There's lush vocal stylings of Ben Harper. That's my pick. I love Ben Harper. He was, was he in... What drives us? The Foo Fighters documentary, the Dave Grohl one. He was in there. I believe talking, so. He was in there so, yeah. talking about some stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was. And he was saying he's been playing with the same guys for for twenty five years, thirty years. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah, guys. Yeah, in for his band. Sure. yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. I didn't know. This is my wife filled me in on this. Did you know he was married to Laura Dern? Yes. I had no idea. Yeah. And they have a couple no of kids. Idea. Yeah. No idea at all. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's crazy. Small world, right? You never know who's hooking up with who in Hollywood. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Laura Dern and Ben Harper. It's a good match. Not anymore. I always think it's funny but... now, like that. I know that. So when I hear him singing songs that are about women, like yeah. I'm like, this is the muse, you know? Like yeah. All right, so those are our tracks of the week, and that is it for this week's Rock Squad podcast. Thank you very much for watching, everybody. I am Nick Chino. You can follow me at the Walking Nick on Instagram and Twitter. Where can the folks follow you, Dave? You can follow me at Red Coast Records on Instagram, Red Coast Records on Facebook, Red Coast Records on Twitter, and of course, myself and the lovely Nick playing a band called Fools Union, foolsunion.com for all of our songs, our videos, our merch. You can be walking around with an FU shirt on by tomorrow. Maybe not tomorrow, <laughs> but by the end of the week. So, However long uh, it takes to ship. Check us out there. And if you want to listen to our band, we are available everywhere. You get music, Spotify, Apple Music, 
uh, everywhere else. Everywhere Deezer. you can get it. YouTube, Deezer. <laughs> you gorgle, you, you want it? Gorgle, gorgle on the bottom <laughs> of your shoe, wherever you yeah. find your music. We're available. So check it out. And uh, be sure to drop down to the bottom of this video. Subscribe to our channel. Like this video. If you have a comment, you want to talk about how much you love Oasis, maybe the best time you've ever seen them. Maybe you were at the show that this documentary is about. Let's yeah. hear from you. You yeah. know what I mean? That'd be awesome. I'd love to hear from somebody on that worth. Also, um, if anybody wants to give us a review on oh. Apple Podcasts, a five-star review because you love us, of course, and you know maybe some nice words about us. If you want to be mean, that's okay, but we prefer you be nice. But yes, give us a review on Apple Podcasts because uh, that would be appreciated as well because hopefully more people will discover this wonderful podcast that we make, Dave, every week here on the Rock. Sure, Podcast. yeah. Go. I heard a friend of mine in Poland said we're like the number two rock podcast in Poland. So get on it. If you're not yeah. on it already, you got you to gotta fire up that computer log on to the internet, go down to Apple, Apple podcast and write a review. Help us out. Be like the good Polish people and, and listen to our podcast. We appreciate <laughs> that. All right. We'll see you guys next week uh, for the rock squad podcast. In the meantime, rock on Dave. Rock on Nick. Yeah.